Good morning, Packers fans. Aaron Nagler here with your Packers Daily Chat, coming to you live on the Cheesehead TV social channels. It's Tuesday. The Packers continue to prepare for the NFL draft. Tom Silverstein dropping a report that this guy will not be in attendance for offseason workouts outside of the mandatory minicamp in June, which I'm not surprised by. Of course, this is a cottage industry now, picking apart every single utterance of every single moment of every single nanosecond of Aaron Rodgers' doings and beings and comings and goings. So I expect lots of headlines and hand-wringing, and I look forward to all of that. Um, also, just real quickly before I uh, continue on here, I know literally moments before I went live, there is uh, some kind of very dangerous situation developing down in Brooklyn, which is obviously right over there from where I'm sitting. I uh, hope everyone's all right. Um, sounds pretty damn serious. Uh, anyway, hope everyone's doing okay. Good to see everybody in the comments section. Good morning to Dennis, Kathleen. Hello, Gary. Of course, the regulars are here. I love to see it. I love to see it. Steven, let me address you first on a baseball question. I can't believe this is how deep into the offseason we are and how little it is going on around the Packers and the NFL because I have a baseball question in here. Nags, was your tweet to Armin about the Brewers' new hitting coach paying off tongue-in-cheek? You think they've played like four games? Yes, it was sarcasm. It's just frustrating when they bow out in the playoffs last year because they don't have any offense. You go through an entirety of an offseason. You even get some extra time because, hell, you had a lockout. And, you know, you fired the hitting coach, which is always a ridiculous exercise because, you know, the hitting coach isn't making them not make contact. He wants more than anyone for these guys to start hitting. So you fire the hitting coach. You get a new hitting coach. And you start up a new season. Oh, no, look at this. They can't hit the ball. What a shock. It's almost like the GM should be going and getting some guys who can make contact, especially with runners in scoring position, which the Brewers had plenty of last year. Or I'm sorry, last yesterday. But, uh, you know, a big donut hole on the scoreboard. So, yes, tongue in cheek, but born out of real frustration. How's that? I'm going to get me going on some Brewer rants this morning. Ed, thanks for the super chat. Bear fans are amazed when we make the playoffs. Packer fans are amazed when they don't make the playoffs. May it always be so. That is well stated. Very well stated, Ed. I mean, it's, it's, it's a hint of entitled town in there. But, yep, you are right. 100%. No doubt about it. Big B is here. What's up, Big B? How you doing? Uh, Yelly got to get back to form. Matt, you ain't lying. I mean, since signing that deal, that is some major disappointment right there. Uh, Roxana, how are you? If I may ask, you may. That's why we're here to ask questions. Uh, if you was my Dallas Cowboys or my dad-in-law new my dad-in-law's New England Patriots in the draft, who would you get in the first round? Well, that's a great question. I wouldn't presume to know the needs and uh, the draft positions even of those two teams. I will say though. Um, it is interesting to watch Bill Belichick suddenly now without Tom Brady. And obviously he helped develop Tom and that helped lead to their great run of success. But it is interesting kind of watching him fall in line with the mere mortals of the NFL. You know, uh, there's no doubt that, uh, last off season when the Patriots went on that huge shopping spree, I think they, you know, definitely infused some talent in their team. Maybe, uh, they got, not lucky, but they, they hit on a player in Mac Jones and, you know, they kind of righted the ship, so to speak, but they have a lot of work to do. Um, I would suspect they'll be looking at receivers just like the Packers are. Um, as far as the Cowboys go, I think they also are in, you know, desperate need of a wide receiver. Um, and I think 
they're always looking for pass rushers, always looking for corners, although they have two really good ones. Um, you know, offensive line probably has been chipped away from the Cowboys the last few years. Um, that's probably an area they look at. But I tell you what, the Cowboys, you know, the Packers and uh, the fa- Packers fandom, we always talk about how we've got these blown opportunities these last two years, right? Last year in the divisional round, two years ago in the NFC Championship game. And it's no given that we're going to be in that situation again. You know, there are plenty of other teams out there, especially in the NFC, gunning for that one spot in the Super Bowl, and the Cowboys are one of them. I mean, they need to play better in big games. There's zero doubt about that. Um, but, hey, you know, they, they're they right there. A piece or two, you know, the ball bounces the other way on a, a player or two throughout their season, and they could be in the Super Bowl. They're that talented. And I know everyone's going to talk about Mike McCarthy, whatever, and I get all that, but they're a good football team. Uh, I kick ass. What's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. My yearly draft hot takes draft people who can tackle, catch, and or block. This is a good philosophy. I like where your head's at. That's that's pretty damn good. Nicholas, thank you for the super chat. Do you think having Devonte in the building over the years can be an advantage to us when seeking similar traits in our draft scouting? That's an interesting question. I don't really think it matters that much to. Uh, the personnel people who are tasked with looking at college players and kind of projecting what they're going to become because those traits, as you say, were somewhat evident in Devante as, as a college player, as a prospect, but he developed a whole hell of a lot in the NFL and he honed his craft and it's hard to kind of project that determination and that level of craftsmanship and dedication drive, et cetera. But that's what separates the good personnel people from you know, the average ones, the sense of like projecting not only how the prospect might fill out physically, but what their trajectory as a pro might be. And I, I have zero doubt that the Packers and everyone who scouted him in the organization undoubtedly thought, you know, this kid has got a lot of talent, could really be something, but I don't think anybody saw him becoming exactly what he's become, which is the best wide receiver in the NFL. So um, the traits yeah, w- will they look at maybe some cut-ups of Devontae? Sure, but it's not going to tell them anything they don't already know when it comes to looking at each individual prospect at wide receiver that they've been scouting for the last few years. Hell, sometimes even when the guy steps on campus. Don't forget, A.J. Dillon was a guy that the Packers literally were looking at from the moment he became uh, a B.C. Eagle. You know, in that entirety of his college career, they were keeping track of him. So, I, yeah, I think, you know, having Devontae in the building all these years certainly helps. It gives you some great cut-ups, some great teaching tape to uh, all your one, young wide receivers, whoever they may be, when it comes to getting off press or getting a good release off the line of scrimmage. No doubt about it. But I don't think it's going to inform too many people in the personnel group when it comes to what they're looking at in college tape. TKM, thanks for the Super Chat. We, the Packers, have draft capital and a new special teams coordinator. Be happy, people. Nags and I lived through the 70s and 80s. Puppy food fund. Thanks, DKM. Uh, speaking of which, uh, Basaccio will meet with the media for the first time as a member of the Green Bay Packers later this afternoon. So be ready for some special teams coordinator hot takes. Really excited about that. Can't wait. <laughs> as you can tell. Greetings from Germany. Greetings from New York. I hope you're doing well. Hope all is well on your side of the world. Uh just got up. What happened in Brooklyn? How close are you to Brooklyn Nags? Mike, uh, there apparently was a gentleman in some kind of orange vest who had a gun and set off some kind of 
detonated some kind of device. Um, a couple people were injured. One man is covered in blood on the on the side of the tracks there. Um, Brooklyn is uh, it's a good like 25, 30 minutes away from where I'm sitting right now, but it's uh, it's close to home, no doubt about it. And as I said at the top, thoughts are with everybody, whoever's affected at the moment. And I don't mean people who are inconvenienced because the train is maybe delayed. A nuclear family. Thanks for the super chat, man. Do you ever get starstruck by players? Who would you say is the most famous player or TV person you're friends with or no? Bakhtiari, Chris Renner. <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm not friends with Bakhtiari. I know David and we've got a good relationship, um, but I wouldn't call us friends. It's not like we hang out. I wasn't invited to the wedding. You'll notice. Um, <laughs> Uh, Dave's a great guy, though. I really like Dave. Um, do I get starstruck? You know what's funny? I don't anymore. I used to. No question about it. My first kind of couple months on the beat when I was in the locker room every day, that that hit me. No doubt about it. Even before then, we were doing like, when Corey and I were doing Packer transplants at first, and we would get like Nick Barnett on the show or something. That was unbelievable. That freaked me out. I couldn't believe it. Michael Finley. Because I, I loved him as a player. When he came on Packer Transplants, I couldn't believe it. Ryan Grant, all those guys. Like, yeah, I used to. Now, no, it never happens. The last time it really hit me was after the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl that Denver won against the Panthers. And afterwards, Cam Newton. Or actually, it was that week. It was leading up. Because it was after the game. I was at that press conference where Cam was really surly. But it wasn't that moment. It was the week leading up to it. Cam had an availability and it was like, a, I was like being in a room with a rock star. It was crazy. Um, and this is of course, way before the headlines he made yesterday with his really ignorant comments, but it was kind of crazy. It was like, I really felt like I was, is the last time I ever felt starstruck. But since then, no, I mean, they're just people, they're dudes to make a living. They're really good at a game that I love, but that's about it. You know? That's a good question, though. That's, I mean, there it used to really, really get to me. Really, I'm probably more starstruck by like personnel people now and like coaches than I am players. Mm. Arthur, what's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. Prediction for positions we take with the first two picks: good football players. I don't know. Um, positions, first two picks. So the first round picks. Let's say. I'm going to go with wide receiver and offensive tackle. There you go. How's that? I like, I like it. I pray we get some good players, Michelle. That's as good a strategy as anything else on the internet. I'll tell you that power of prayer. Get up for it. I like it. I'm down with it. Got to get up to get down. You know you'd be starstruck if you got BJ Raji. He's the stuff of legends. I've met BJ. He's a good guy. DT and safety. Mark, I would love that. I would love DT and safety, but I don't know. Samuel, thank you so much for checking it out. Uh, I really enjoyed your and Uglum's discussion. Thanks. Th Samuel, thank you so much. If you guys haven't uh, checked out my talk with Ross about the draft, highly encourage you to do so. It's right here on the YouTube channel. Love talking to, to Ross. I could have... I mean, I think we talked for nearly a half hour. I could have done it for an hour more. Um, he does such good work. He's really on top of his game and the Packers and the draft and really, really knowledgeable dude and really loved talking to him. And I definitely will be having him on again because I think I, he hasn't been on the channel in like six months or something like that. We got to do it more often. Um, but yes, thank you so much for checking it out. 
punter and long snapper to see Banky's head explode. Daniel, always a good possibility. Always fun entertainment. Get Banky going. I like it. I like it a lot. Draft strategies. Draft everyone in Georgia. Oh, my God. That's not a terrible idea. Really good team. Really good players. Joey, what's up, man? Enjoying the draft guide so far. Thank you so much for getting it. And thank you uh, for saying that you like it or so far. I mean, who knows? You could get to the punter uh, position and think, oh, why did I buy this thing? But thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, if you haven't purchased your draft guide yet, it's available. If you go to cheeseheadtv.com, there's an ad right on the right side of the page, the home page. Just click right there. You'll be taken to the page where you can purchase your 2022 draft guide from Cheesehead TV. Uh, also, when I'm done here, the link to buy it will be in the description of this video. Most hated. What's up, man? Thanks for the super chat. GM Nagler. These are always good. What are your thoughts on trading down from the 28th pick? A lot of talk about getting a second and third for the 28 if the board falls right. Well, that last part is kind of the key, right? What is the board at that point? I do think there will be interest from teams trying to jump up and get somebody that they maybe have their eye on and they want to get that fifth-year option locked in. But there's a good chance the Packers have somebody, the apple of their eye, so to speak, where they want to ensure they get the fifth-year option, five years' worth of control on a young player. Um, so I think those calls will be made. What are the chances? You know, we always talk about it. We always joke about it. And then, I don't know, it's rarely happened where Brian's dropped completely out of the round. Like, he's definitely traded up and moved around the board, like that first year when he dropped down and then jumped back up to get Jair. But completely just dropping out of it, I'd be surprised. But Definitely. I think those calls will be made. And depending on who it is and what they're offering, yeah, I think there's a possibility. No doubt about it. Ice cream or frozen yogurt? What kind of a question is that? Ice cream, of course. I'm a Wisconsin boy. Come on now. Frozen yogurt. Get out of here. Big B. I'd get starstruck if I ever met Joey. I mean, I know you follow him on TikTok. That guy, he's a, he's a legend on the old TikTok. Can I just say something about TikTok, by the way? I've seen a lot of ageism, a lot of ageist takes on TikTok, ridiculing folks who are, say, maybe skewing a little older than the regular demo on TikTok. And I'm here to tell you, man, it's just technology. And anyone can use it any way they want. And you can make fun of us olds for being on TikTok, and that's fine. But I ain't going to stop going on TikTok. You do what you got to do. And if you end up on my For You page, then fine. I'll engage and whatever. But... There's no need for that. No need for ageism. This has been this has been sponsored by the AARP. Thank you very much. Oh, Daniel, worst part of the offseason, mock drafts or draft grades? Oh, draft grades by a billion. Mock drafts, at least they're selling hope. They're generating discussion as far as what might happen, how a guy might fit, what a team might do. Draft grades, you've got the answers to the test, and you're trying to, like, extrapolate some nonsense out of it, content-wise, that you can't possibly know. And I know the, the, the pushback is always from the people who do draft grades because they are required to do them is always like, well, we're just going by the information we have on hand in the moment or at the time. Shut up. You're so intellectually disingenuous. You know it's nonsense. You know you're just filling pixels so you can get engagement, page views, what have you. That's all it is. That's all it is. 
but people lap it up. So I get why it's done. I get why people do it, but don't defend it. Like it's some like rigorous exercise. Like you're really just drilling down your football acumen, really analyzing the draft. No, you're not. Just shut up. Especially people who do like all 32 teams. Give me a break. It's not worth the pixels it's printed with. Seriously. Nuclear family. Thanks for the super chat. Would you consider an all 22 film study video? I would. The problem is, speaking of page views and ROI and things like of that nature, the problem is when you do those kind of things, like you really drill down, you look at an all 22, and then you create whatever piece of content you're going to do, blah, blah, blah. It's a lot of work. It takes up a lot of time. And about one-tenth of your normal audience looks at it. It's just the facts. And it sucks. I hate it. I hate that that's the world we live in. But I've been doing this for a very long time, and that is always 100% a train that is never late as far as you can spend all this time and do all this breakdown and talk about a cover three, how this safety is supposed to rotate, et cetera, et cetera. You put it up, and that takes you a day, day and a half, whatever. You put it up, and like a 1,000 people watch it, maybe if you're lucky. And then you know, I do some quick, should the Packers trade for OBJ? And I do a quick yes, and I put that up on YouTube, and it does like 10,000, you know? And I got a lot of shit to do throughout the day. A lot of administrative stuff, a lot of stuff for LiveX, blah, blah, blah. I just don't have the time to do that kind of thing. Now, maybe, maybe deep, dark recesses of the offseason, I'll get to it. I might do something like that. Because I do think it's worth the time. Something that I do think would become would be really, really fun to do is like a compare and contrast to 2020 and 2021 offensively to see the differences and why things, certain things worked and where they struggled as far as the lack of efficiency comparative to the year before. And then on the flip side, something that would be fun to look at going forward is the first year in Joe Barry's defense and what kind of wrinkles we might expect going forward, but after the draft. So we know potentially what the kind of quote unquote final draft, you know, what the personnel will be on that side of the ball for the most part and how they might utilize it. Um, but yeah, man, it's just, you're fighting a losing battle. I just goes back to my time at Bleacher Report when I actually had a budget and time and was told just do this all the time. We hired Matt Bowen. We produced all these videos, X's and O's, and they always did comparative. I mean, they did numbers because it's Bleacher Report. It's a monster platform, but comparative to people arguing hot takes, it did nothing, you know? So it just sucks, man. I hear you though. I, I really, I would like to do more of that. Who did the wall there in the podcast room? Fine work and graphics. Daniel, thank you very much. Um, the same folks who did, or one of the artists who did the uh, Cheesehead, uh, not Cheesehead TV, it's the Packers Fence, sponsored by Cheesehead TV, uh, next to Corey's house there in Green Bay. Um, I'll throw the link down in the, in the description of this video after I'm done. Um, Corey flew him out and he spent like, I think like almost a week putting it all together. It's pretty amazing. And he did the panels in Corey's, uh, room there in green Bay as well. How's Banky doing? Banky's doing great. He's running his empire. LiveX is, uh, has just moved in to its new facility, its new office and studio there in green Bay, cutting edge stuff in green Bay, Wisconsin, baby. It's crazy. Yeah. Corey's good. He's uh, running his empire. Uh, but he'll be on for the draft, at least for the first night. Probably ends up being here all three nights like he did last last year, but definitely for the first night. So you'll see him then. Big Daddy Cool Breeze is here talking trivia. Yes, trivia will return later this offseason. 
Um, you know, last year we did it. We had already probably done it by now, but like it just seemed like a inopportune time to go to trivia before the draft. We'll do it after OTAs and minicamp, like when there's that little kind of dead section in the off season where there's literally nothing going on. Everyone goes on vacation. That's when we'll be doing trivia because everyone else goes on vacation, but Nagler's here for you guys. That's what I do. Devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. All right, buddy, I'm going to have to get going. I can't thank you enough for hanging out, talking Packers each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the Cheesehead TV social channels. Please do me a monster favor. Hit like on this video, subscribe to the channel, and then tell your friends, tell your family, Cheesehead TV, we are devoted to Green Bay Packers fans worldwide. Thanks a lot, everybody. Have a great day. Go Pack Go.